Hello, everybody. This is the Friendly Bear Podcast, where we interview some of the best and brightest traders in the trading community. Listen to inspiring stories and nuggets of insight from current and future game changers in the trading space. Listen and learn as we explore all types of trading niches with some of the best in the industry from a Friendly Bear point of view. Make sure to check out the Friendly Bear Podcast new YouTube channel called Friendly Bear Research, which includes all the podcast video content and supplemental screen shares. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. With that being said, I'm your host, David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and this is the Friendly Bear Podcast. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? This is David, a.k.a. Reverse Long, and I'm here with Dan McClory. Um, he has a unique background. He's going to go talk about it, and he also has some other things to talk about with uh, sports and football and all this uh, this new thing of uh, that of like sports ownership and these topics but so first of all dan i wanted to ask you i was looking at your background you have a very unique background so with uh boosted securities and also other financial investment so how did you get involved with like the whole finance world so yeah boosted securities we're, we're a leading underwriter of small cap ipos we have about 50 that are in registration right now uh and it's it's an outgrowth of having invested in companies and understanding how critical it is to have them adequately capitalized and to have opportunities for liquidity by listing them on major stock exchanges like NYSE, NASDAQ, the London Stock Exchange, Hong Kong, a number of venues throughout the world. So I had invested personally in various companies that had helped them develop and grow and get listed on stock exchanges. And I said, you know what, I, I should just be an investment banker. So about 20 years ago, I decided to do just that. And it's evolved into the practice that we have at, at Bowstead & Company which is the parent of Bowstead Securities, a U.S. broker-dealer, but we're present throughout the world. Uh, places like London, Zurich, Hong Kong, uh, Singapore. We're opening up in Monaco, Mauritius, and Puerto Rico. Uh, about a third of our clients are in Asia, a third are in North America, a third are in Europe. Wow. Okay, so all over the world. I didn't know that. So, okay, so so Bowstead or is Boosted, right? Boosted, or- Bowstead. Boosted Bowstead. is like what you would say in Boston if you were stealing a car. He boosted a car. But no, this is Bowstead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like taking a bow after yeah, one yeah. of your Academy Award winning performances okay, and then okay. stead like instead. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. And I saw, I was looking at your LinkedIn. So you had like a for Chinese IPO. So I wanted to ask you, like, uh, are Chinese IPOs still going on or was that like a paused for the moment because of, you know, political? It was paused, but they're back going on. There's probably been 10 of them done this year. Uh, We've done two and uh, they're, they're starting to come back again in the small cap space. There's been maybe one major bulge bracket Chinese IPO, but they're slowly but surely starting to come back. Gotcha. And so what's uh, the whole thing with the Cayman Islands? So the Chinese, like they, they, they formed the entity in the Cayman Islands and then they listed on the NASDAQ, like they want to, they go through you or do you guys do anything with the Cayman Islands or are you separate from, from that? So virtually all of our international issuers use an offshore holding company. It's more favorable to use one. It could be BVI. It could be Cayman. Uh, we've seen Bermuda lately. So that becomes the hold co, the list co. Now, in the case of Brera, you know, my football team in Milan, we did an Irish list co, an Irish PLC. So you start with that. And then underneath it, you add in the operating company or companies. but Cayman has been the destination of choice 
for a lot of Chinese and Asian companies, but we see it we see it elsewhere with European companies as well. Now, are you familiar with some of like the Chinese IPOs that went like really parabolic and then crashed like last year and a couple of years before? Like what's going on specifically? Do you know anything with like the Chinese uh, at all? Like because I, I heard of like these, these like Chinese groups that were doing some crazy things to the stocks and they would just go crash, you know, because China, China was locked down during the pandemic. So no one could go there in person and go check it out. Anything? Uh, did you observe any of those? Several. And I think it's a combination of factors. One is, and you alluded to it, the extreme pent up demand when listings were paused or halted. And that started happening about three years ago with the geopolitical environment between the U.S. and China, and then the SEC and then NASDAQ taking a pretty hard line about really not wanting to see an almost racist way Chinese companies being listed in the U.S. So that started to create a lot of constipation of deals. So there's all these deals people wanted to bring to market. After now, that, you saw uh-huh. markets like Hong Kong, which are prolific for high volumes of trading, lots of shares flying around. Those markets kind of came to a halt during COVID and because of market conditions. So when the U.S. market resumed and some of these pop and drops that you're talking about took place going back to the end of 2019, beginning of 20 and into 21, you saw a lot of suppressed demand that was finally being met. So many of those deals were the first offerings that these investors could partake in in a long time. And they went bananas and just wanted to load up as much as they could. So I think a combination of those sort of market factors and forces and the market having been paused uh, led to a lot of that early up uptick, early volume in many of those names and then subsequent uh, crashes afterwards. I see. So are you familiar with like the movie, The China Hustle? Have you ever seen that? I've absolutely seen it. Yeah, I'm familiar yeah. with several people that were featured there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So one I, guy... I know the executive producer. Frank Marshall, you know, Mark Cuban had a role in it. So I know. Yeah, yeah, he had, he, had a, he had a role in it. It's crazy. So one, one of the guys that went there to investigate a company, they locked them up in China. They just like held them up at the airport. And they locked them up for a couple of years. So is that still like the case? Like in China is like, you know, they because like I'm, you know, it's like across it, it my head after seeing that movie that they can run up these stocks in China and like they're in China and, and the SEC or anybody can't really go over there. So like, and if, if someone were to go over there and expose it, then, then uh, they would be locked up in jail because it's communist. So is that like, is that, you know, is that too drastic of a thinking? I, I think you're conferred of different factors that, that aren't in fact related. So you got the, you got the regulatory context. Um, my recollection from the China hustle is the guy that was detained was detained because somebody at a company that listed didn't like what he was uncovering and wanted to make life difficult for him. So it had nothing to do with with volumes or, you know, disclosure, things like that. It was like they didn't like what this guy had uncovered is my recollection. And, you know, that it's kind of a docudrama. You know, I take uh, a fair amount of that movie with uh, a grain of salt, if we want to call it that. Um, so that's 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 one thing. Um, but I think the second thing is there's been some major developments in the last few years. One is that finally the Chinese government has come to terms with the SEC and the PCAOB, which is the Public Company Accounting Oversight Board, the auditor of the auditors, to allow inspections of China-based PCOB auditors that had been completely stonewalled, resisted, unable to proceed. And the big four were the, the, the biggest affected parties in that whole scenario. So 
Um, in fact, at least through the auditor, there is an ability of various regulators to reach out and touch people in China. The SEC is a slightly different story. But from what we've seen, the emphasis is really on having these deals, these IPOs subscribed to by investors who are either resident here in the U.S. or transact through a broker that's located here and not some broker in some other geography where there may be difficulty in getting through to them if they want to get information, they being the regulators, about what kind of trading activity had taken place. I got you. And so you mentioned a little earlier that, you know, so the Chinese, it was paused and now it's not. And like, you know, there's some element that of considering race or whatever. But is it really racism because, or is it just like something like some some really uh, nefarious activity going on uh, in the market where a lot of these Chinese stocks from the Cayman Islands are squeezing like insane levels and there's obvious manipulation going on. So like maybe that that's pump and dumps schemes that going on and you know it needs to be eradicated you know so like for example we had hkd last year that was one out of the cayman islands chinese pump like crazy uh ilag ilag um i i know for example one from from Bowstead, uh what do you call it um uh petz that one squeezed and they did an offering it's, it went from 60 cents and squeezed all the way to nine dollars in the after hours and like um, I heard rumblings about there being like margin loan scams in China and some other uh, boiler room pump and dump uh, boiler rooms, you know, going on. So like why? And then I see like WhatsApp groups with like fake Chinese girls. They even have, I don't know if you're aware, like on Tinder and stuff, these Chinese profiles, Chinese girls around mid thirties, they seem to be. And they try to swindle guys to go buy their stock. And this is all happening with Chinese stocks over and over and over and over. And then we have the China hustle. So like uh documentary, that was from 2011. So like, why is that? Why is that race? I don't see that as race. I see it like, that's just, it, this, this is blatant stuff that needs to be, you know, it's, it's just not good for the market. You know, it doesn't seem like, what do you think of that? Like, what are your thoughts? So remember what I commented on just a couple minutes ago, and I've, and I've heard you out here. So, you know, number one, the geopolitical situation uh, caused the SEC under, you know, its prior chairman, uh, certainly now with Gensler, um, to really be anti-China. So they were basically told, stop all these Chinese listings. Okay, that's, that's what I'm referring to as racism, that in and of itself. Now, price swings and volume movements, those absolutely uh, should be looked into by regulators and have been. And I think they're putting together the thesis under which they can dissect those deals to find out what caused things to happen. As I mentioned before, what we're seeing is deals getting approved that have predominantly non-Chinese investors or Chinese investors who are domiciled here in the U.S., who have brokerage accounts that can be reviewed, who have FINRA members that have something that they have to answer to. So I think gone are the days where there might be rogue investment banks and brokers in all different parts of the world that can do things that don't conform to our laws. So if they don't, you know, it should be eradicated. It should be brought to a halt. It should be looked into. But I think now with the current crop of maybe a dozen or so Chinese IPOs that have happened thus far in 2023, you're starting to see much more measured offerings. You know, of a dozen, I can only think of one, and it happened yesterday, two days ago, UCAR, um, that has had anything like the trajectory that you're talking about. So I, I think how to eradicate it has been figured out. I think it's been addressed. And I think it's clear 
what Chinese companies have to do in order to list. I think it has nothing to do with being a Cayman Islands company, by the way. No, Ucar, not yet, but who knows what they're planning. But however, yesterday, T.O.P., there were some messages being sent on WhatsApp of these Chinese girl characters telling people to buy and and to short. So the Chinese, these are Chinese boiler rooms in China. Like they're, they're actively doing this. And there's a lot of, People in the in like myself that talk with through all these chat rooms and it's just passed around like thousands of traders know about this and it's an so it must be true. I have I have no ability. I mean I'm I'm joking when I, I mean, say that you know I was on the internet. I, it must be true, but I have no I have no. no I see it myself. I, I get I'm getting targeted myself by these Chinese WhatsApp characters. I have a right here. I they 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 go they message random people with certain zip codes and they they say hey my uncle says to buy the stock my uncle says there it's rampant all these groups with bad english it's all chinese and it's all chinese stocks and it's a, a majority of them are from the cayman islands and i have seen it personally with my my eyes so it's not just on the internet these are characters on tinder when i go on tinder and i match a girl an asian girl in her 30s mostly this happens i'm in los angeles and i get this and and just like the movie, the Tinder swindler, this is like the Chinese stock swindler. And uh, you, you know, know I, so, if I if I were you, I would let the regulators know about this because th- this sounds like I'm something sure, very I'm sure interesting they know. to look I'm, into. I'm sure they. I don't know. know. It's first. It's first I've heard through you. But David, yeah. were we gonna were we gonna talk yeah, about? So, so yeah, let's today? move, let's move gonna, on. Let's we, move we, on. We, we've let's spent see. 18 minutes talking about you know. Yeah, deal or something minutes. like that yeah so, no no 13 anyways. minutes but but yeah thanks for your comments on that because I, I just wanted to you know you, you're in that world sounds like you're you have a thirst for knowledge in this whole area so that's that's yeah absolutely so yeah so so what's tell me about Brea. okay so that concludes today's episode make sure to like and subscribe to the channel on the platform you use the friendly bear podcast is hosted by me david where you can find me on twitter at reverse underscore long you can find the Friendly Bear Podcast at www.thefriendlybearpodcast.com, as well as on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and now on YouTube at Friendly Bear Research. Until next time, thank you for listening to the Friendly Bear Podcast.